Hi, kiddos, and welcome to Dad Feelings, the podcast about fictional father figures and real-life dads with real feelings. And this week, I'm joined by a returning guest and friend of the show, Eric Thurm, and we are talking about, wow, we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff, I guess. Um, we're going to cram a lot into this one. <laughs> as, uh, yeah. as Ripley said to the android bishop um, and uh, there's a lot of doubts that we haven't talked about on this show because I don't watch television and I especially don't watch prestige TV not because I don't think it's good but because I don't have the attention span and as a result we've missed out on a lot of the dads of the zeitgeist I'm talking about your Walter Whites. I'm talking about your Tony Sopranos. Uh, who else? Oh, man, there are so many. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll see how many we get into, but uh, there's also Philip Jennings from the recently concluded show The Americans, Don Draper. Um, each of those shows also contains a lot of other dads. Um, God, there are so many dads on The Sopranos. Uh, and also on, on Mad Men. Um, mm. And I mean, th those are kind of the big ones. If we really wanted to, we could, uh, you know, talk about some of the dads of The Wire. Uh, you know, like, there's just there's so, I mean, so much of kind of the last like 15, 20 years of TV is just like people being like, so what if his dad, but like also he's kind of like a bad dude. Uh-huh. Yeah. So why don't we go back to the beginning of this? Um, and I, if I'm not mistaken, the, our sort of patient zero is... is yeah, Sopranos. that's correct. Archie Bunker. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're, going, we're doing the whole history of the medium. Um, yep. Yeah. No, the, the Sopranos probably is like a good starting place for this character type. There are like a couple of other shows that are also formative in like starting this type of TV off. Um, although I don't know if any of them have dads. Like, I don't know if any of the characters on Hill Street Blues are dads, but Tony Soprano is like very much a dad. And the big thing, I mean, the big thing that they did when they were marketing the show at first was to be like, I don't remember exactly what the tagline was, but it was something like, he's got allegiances to two families or whatever, you know? And the, the premise of the show was like, whoa he's in the mob but like also he has a family uh and so that that kind of tension ended up being the driving force of a lot of especially the first season of the sopranos um and kind of as the show goes on it becomes a lot more obvious that the people making the show are like a lot more interested in the family side of it than the mob stuff because the at some point in the middle of the show, the mob stuff just like grinds to a halt, and then it's just is like a lot of Tony's kids being shitheads for like. Uh, huh. Yeah. What can I? What do you? What do you want to know about Tony Soprano as a dad? Oh, um, I mean, how does how is that a break from what we've seen before that in terms of TV history? Um, so the, I mean, the big thing, honestly, is just that, like, the show asks you to very, like, to identify with Tony, sort of, and to, like, empathize with him as he deals with his, like, terrible children, which I can talk about in a second. 
while also making it very clear that he is just like a terrible person. And you obviously get some things that are kind of in this space before, but never to this degree. And I think rarely with this level of kind of intense focus on one character. So the episode that everyone will kind of talk about, if you ask them about this, is I think the fifth episode of the first season of The Sopranos, which is called College, which I probably should have rewatched before we recorded this. But essentially the premise of that episode is that Tony is on a trip in the Northeast, like looking at colleges with his daughter, Meadow, who is the older of the two Sopranos children. Um, And while they're on this trip, he sees this guy who has ratted on the family and is in witness protection. Um, And uh, the like conceit of a lot of the episode is like, Tony is trying to like go on college tours and like talk to his daughter about like what she wants out of her college experience, but also is like kind of chasing this guy down and like spoiler alert, like murders him at the, I think at the end of the episode, um, it might be earlier, but I, I like kills him, which was a big mm-hmm. deal at the time because, you know, like the protagonist, it's not just like that the protagonist of the show kills somebody, but also that he does it like totally in cold blood. Like it's not even that like someone is attacking him or that like he, you know, it, there's no real plot like motivator there's no Mm -hmm. justification for him doing it like even with breaking bad which i'm sure we'll like talk about later most of the murders that he does people i think if they really want to can say oh but like he had to do it for like this this and this reason tony doesn't have to do shit here like he already told the fbi everything that he knew he like is not a continued threat to their criminal operation he just like murders him because he ratted on the family and like, that's what you do. Um, and the show does a really good job of sort of like blending that story with Tony, like taking his daughter to look at colleges. She like, you know, Meadow asks him at one point in that episode, like if he's in the mob um, and he like kind of admits that he does, but like that he is in the mob, but like not fully. Um, yeah. And it's like, super awkward and it kind of sets the tone for a lot of the rest of the show where like like the kids know what he does and they don't care really mm-hmm. um like they kind of care like it, god um i mean there's just so much to talk about even just like with the two sopranos kids because aj soprano is like maybe the biggest like the most important like fail son character in like the history of fiction um like he just so is like so beautiful at like being such a profound fuck up like i haven't watched all the sopranos in a while but i rewatched a few aj clips this morning and there are some things that i just had forgotten like there's like an episode where he where like for a while he like gets a job at blockbuster but then he gets fired (laughs) from blockbuster and he like lies to his parents about and he just like he tells them he's going to work every day but he got fired (laughs) because he was stealing he was stealing like you know how blockbuster how like video rental stores have those giant cardboard standouts of things from Uh these he was like fencing those (laughs) <laughs> he got fired from Blockbuster, and there's like this moment where Tony. I actually think you would like, and there's like this moment where Tony is just like, "How do you? How the fuck do you get fired from Blockbuster?" 
Like, no, like, hey. And he's just like, he's literally, you know, like every time James Skittleton, he says something, he's like basically doing the boys. And it's just incredible. And like, he just, like, AJ is just glowering. Like, you should, while we're talking about this, you should like look at some photos of him so you get a sense of like, like his different modes of facial hair and like his general scowl expression. Uh-huh. Because AJ is just like the fucking worst. Like, there are all these scenes. There's like this scene. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. That's not great. Right? Yeah, it's like really incredible. Um, but there and there's also this really beautiful this scene that I think a lot of people will also say is like one of the best scenes from the show where AJ, who kind of as a fail son, like he has no skills. He literally just like plays a lot of video like he plays a lot of video games. I don't remember what he plays, but he like plays a lot of video games. He, he plays the Sopranos video game. Yeah. He plays um LA Noir. Uh <laughs> uh and he like but at one point, he makes, like, a very half-assed um, suicide attempt where he ties, like, a cinder block to his feet and, like, jumps in the family pool. But the pool isn't deep enough for him to actually drown himself. And Tony finds him um, and, like, drags him out of the pool and, like, coddles him while also telling him that he's a fucking idiot, which is, like, their family dynamic in a nutshell. Um, that Tony is this, like, incredibly violent, like, shitty person who has this, like, really weird kind of grotesque soft side. Um, and then he goes to, like, I don't remember where in the timeline this is because I watched all these scenes, like, a little bit out of order. But, like, around then, because he knows that, that AJ kind of has been having these these problems, he, like, has this whole scene where he tells his therapist that he hates his son and he, like, doesn't know what to do about it. Um, and it's, like, it's very good. AJ is just terrible. <laughs> he like, like there are like these moments where he like kind of like starts to have good politics. Like he gets really into conspiracy theories, but they're like, I'm like almost, I don't think he says this at the time, but like AJ like definitely believes that Bush did nine 11. Like he's into, <laughs> he's into chemtrails. There's like one episode where he's like reading Howard Zinn, but he's like too stupid and doesn't have the commitment to like follow through on any of the ideas that he kind of like, thinks that he is, is getting interested in. Um, so that his ultimate kind of like, but both of the kids end up like by the end of the show, it's like very obvious that they're just going to like be mob people because it's what's easier. Uh, mm-hmm. And with AJ, that's like a little bit less sad because he just is an idiot. Like literally in the last episode, he, in the series finale, he like has sex with his girlfriend but then his car blows up because he parks it on top of a pile of leaves and they like leave the ignition running and it sets the leaves on fire. Like that's, <laughs> that's, like, that's AJ Soprano. Um, and Meadow, the, the daughter who later famously went on to date Turtle um, on Entourage, kind of for a lot of the show gets treated as this like symbol of innocence. Like Meadow is really smart. She's, like, smarter than everyone, like, most of the other people in the family, at least, like, you know, she's, like, book smarter and has more of the tools to succeed in, like, legitimate society. Um, But then she also kind of, like, dates a lot of mob boys and, like, uh, and, and then Tony, like, sees her as kind of this symbol of, like, he wants her to, like, not be involved. Um, But then she you know, and she like wants to go to law school. And at first Tony's like, Oh good. Like she's going to be, you know, like a, a lawyer. 
And but then by the end of the series, it becomes like pretty obvious that she's going to become. Or sorry, she wants to go to medical school. And then at the end of the series, she decides that she wants to go to law school. And it like is pretty obvious that she's going to become a mob lawyer um, and that Tony and Carmela have just like totally failed as parents. Um, and just like, I mean, partly I think that the like part of the point of the show is that no matter what you do, you like can't really escape um, those like aspects of your childhood, but also just like Tony like tries in like the dumbest possible ways to like, you know, he, he simultaneously like wants his kids to not have lives like his, but then gets really frustrated when they're like not mob people. Like he goes on this whole rant to his therapist about how if he had like beaten his son, um, like maybe AJ wouldn't be such a piece of shit. And Dr. Melfi, his therapist, uh, and that, that Carmela, his wife, has like prevented him from doing this. And his therapist points out, like, you've talked all the time about how you wish your mom had like stopped your dad from beating you. Like, what's up? Um, and they I, like Tony is not even close to self-aware enough to be able to like really think about those like contradictions in his bad parenting style. Um, and then also Tony has like several surrogate like children figures over the course of the show, especially Christopher. Um, who also, God, I like, it feels we- even weird to put like a spoiler alert on, on the Sopranos things, but who he like murdered, like kills toward the end of the series. Um, yeah, not a great dad, but also definitely the, like, one of the more recognizable, like terrible dads. Like there is a scene where AJ like complains that he has like the wrong kind of cereal or something, or that like their house like doesn't know what Fruit Loops are. He's like, she doesn't know the difference between fruit by the foot and Fruit Loops, and he just like is such a sullen like piece of garbage. And Tony yells at him and like pours his bowl of like non Fruit Loop cereal into the sink and just is like, nah, you got nothing. And like that's like right, just like this like t- like terrible dad, but who is like responding to his children being such pieces of shit. Um, and like. Yeah, James Gandolfini, like, is great on The Sopranos, and really a lot of that comes from the way that he, like, manages to simultaneously, like, he's so good at being simultaneously exasperated by the kids, like, he kind of loves the kids, but also he, like, kind of wants to hit them, um, and, like, he does a really good job of, of kind of, like, playing those relationships. Um, yeah, like, good, you know, I, I don't know if anyone has ever told you this before, but, like, pretty good show. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and you're mentioning like, yeah, he's like, there's the one episode where it becomes really clear that he's like a bad dude, but yet we're meant to identify with him. And I feel like prior to that, there's a lot of media, like there's a lot of films, like I'm thinking of a lot of, of Harrison Ford's work where it, it's like, there's a dad that we're meant to identify with and he does violence a lot, but mm-hmm. it's like, he's been pushed too far. And also his wife, his family, um, that he's trying to save and like that is like a kind of i feel like that's a break there where oh now we're just like we're identifying with um with a dude who is just uh killing people and not because he well, i guess he has to in a sense um but not for a motivation that hollywood prior to that had like accepted is like okay yeah it's not framed like there are lots of storytelling tools that you can use to like convince an audience that your protagonist actions are like quote unquote necessary. And the Sopranos rarely does that. 
um, in which to, I think is to its credit where like, even when you're excited by some of the crimes or like, even when you think that some of the victims deserve them, there's never a sense like there's rarely a sense that there is no other way things could have gone, which I think usually is like a plot contrivance. Um, yeah. That gets used in a lot of places to like, let the protagonist off the hook. Um, and the Sopranos really does that. Although it's funny that you mentioned, you know, like, cause this is like a, I, I can't tell if this was an intentional transition of like uh, having, and maybe we'll talk about it later, but of having, you know, stories where like, I have to do things for the family and you kind of cited this as a break. Although it's funny because that literally is the entire premise of Breaking Bad. It's like, I have to do this for the family. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um, God, I also wanted to talk about Harrison Ford. I want, but never mind. I just wanted to talk about the I already work around the clock thing, but that's a separate, that's an unrelated dad thing. Um, yeah. Breaking Bad. Oh boy. Um, so like, I, this is embarrassing, but I wrote my undergrad thesis in college about Breaking Bad because I was really into it at the time. Um, I think it actually now holds up the least well of all of these shows. Um, but yeah, Walt is definitely a dad. Um, let's see, how can I, I like introduce the, the, the dadness of Walter White? He, so he, he and his wife, Skylar, when the show starts, they have one son, Walter Jr., who later in the series tells everyone that he wants to be called Flynn. That's like his cool adult name. Um, <laughs> he's just like, I'm Flynn. Um, and Walt kind of... There are like a lot of people at the time, like when the show was on, who would... Make, I saw a lot of like web comics and people doing like bad Twitter jokes that were like Breaking Bad is an indictment of the American healthcare system. Like if he lived in a country with, you know, insure like good health insurance or whatever, like Breaking Bad wouldn't have happened because he would have just been able to treat his cancer, which I think misses the point. I think that like misses the point of the show, which is that he was like a really shitty dude from the beginning of the show. And in a way that I think is really specifically related to like mm-hmm. myths and archetypes around like American families, because he kind of like has this really internalized um, thing that like, he has to be the one who provides for his family, but that also kind of gets conflated with his ego and his need to be taken seriously as like a genius, which mm-hmm. obviously is not happening because he's like working as a high school chemistry teacher. Um, and he has just like, chip after chip after chip on his shoulder and the beginning of the show sort of tries to go out of its way to like make it seem like life has shit on him and that he kind of is like put upon and like has been forced into this like kind of working class or like lower middle class existence when to some extent that's true but also he kind of like the a lot of the reason that the family is in that position is because he keeps being an asshole Like even very early in the show, after he gets diagnosed, he is offered money to pay for his treatment by uh, his former business partners who run this like extremely successful company that he feels like was his whatever birthright. And he turns them down um, out of pride and like whatever. And I feel pretty strongly that at that point, like all of the death murders that you do, like 
you can't really justify them anymore. Like even if someone's like coming after you, you have like, there's no financial necessity situation. Like there's not even the like illusion that you needed to cook math to like provide for your family because you like could have just taken this money. Um, and, and who also the show kind of like implies he has pushed away that he like got himself fired from the company by like being a dick. Um, and then they have, uh, and, and kind of throughout the show, He's also, like, not really a dad. Like, he ends up being more of a dad to, to Jesse, like, Aaron Paul's character, um, who he kind of, like, man. Okay, this is, like, the weirdest paternal thing that he does over the course of the show, which is, like, both paternal and also terrible and weird and, like, kind of one of the grossest things that, that Walt does is uh, at one point in the show, Jesse starts dating this woman who is played by Kristen Ritter. Um, shouts to Kristen Ritter. And they're like extremely into heroin. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly. And Walt is like trying to get Jesse to like dump her and like get sober. And he goes over to the house, their, the house that they're living in for some other reason, I think. And walks in on both of them having just like, really done a fuck ton of drugs and Kristen Ritter is like in the middle of an overdose. Um, and he like sees her vomiting and there's like this shot of him kind of like realizing that he doesn't have to turn her over and he doesn't. Um, and she dies. And like, I don't think like, wow. Yeah. And Jesse doesn't find out about it until much later in the show. And it's like the first non immediately drug related murder that he does where he just like, is like, actually, like, I can let this person die if I want to. And he does. And he tells himself that it's because he wants to, like, protect his, you know, surrogate son because he doesn't want, like, Jesse to overdose. And he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't want Jesse to have this, like, bad influence in his life or whatever. But he still just fucking, like, let this woman die. And um, by doing that, shit, this is in season two. Yeah, there's, like, this, all, all this other crazy shit that happens because of that. Um, but that kind of is like his parenting style in a nutshell, which is that Walt kind of repeatedly and increasingly over the course of the show assumes his own sort of like entitlement to make decisions for other people that kind of culminates in at the end of the show, um, when sort of he has been like outed as this mess kingpin. As the man who knocks. Yes, as the man who 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 knocks. The one who because, knocks. Yep. Well, so the, actually, the weird thing about that, and this is kind of a side thing, but I, I just want to say because like you might not know this, having not watched the show, a lot of people misinterpret um, that speech as being about him wanting to feel dangerous, and actually, it's because um, Vince Gilligan, who created Breaking Bad, just cares a lot about politeness. Um, so the original purpose of it is just, he wants to be like, I'm the one who knocks because I want to know if someone, you know, if it's okay for me to come into the room. Um, and they kind of like let that thread hanging after a while, but it really was like one of the more interesting things they could have done with the show is just to have him be like a best dealer or mess, you know, manufacturer, but also he cares a lot about knocking before he enters rooms. Um, that's just an unrelated thing. That's an unrelated thing. Uh, no, but but he after this is you know after he gets caught after he gets kind of um, 
gets captured or like found out by the DEA, he like runs back to his family's house uh, and his son and like his son and his wife realize that he has caused the death of like their, you know, his brother-in-law of his wife's sister's husband, the DEA agent, who's like one of the other main characters on the show and gets murdered by these like Nazis that he was working with. Because one of the wild things about the last couple of seasons of Breaking Bad is that there are Nazis um, or the last season of Breaking Bad is that there are Nazis, which is wild. Uh, but they like the son, his son like calls the cops on him and he kidnaps their like infant daughter who has been born, I think in like season two, who also shit, I forgot about this. He misses his daughter's birth because he went to go to a Mets deal. <laughs> which is like whoa like met- lo- loving loving this metaphor for what it very subtly says about the character's priorities um yeah but he he kind of he, he like kidnaps their like baby and at first it seems like he's gonna like kidnap her and like raise her to like think he's perfect and then he ends up leaving her um and kind of like just going off into like exile for a while before he comes back and like murders the nazis for some reason but uh breaking bad like the thing that i struggle with the most about it is that it kind of has these two strains of like this very intense like moralistic tragedy about this guy who just like decides to be a bad person and all of the terrible things that happen to the people in community around him because of that decision um which is like the version of the show that i really love and like respond to a lot because the like plot contrivances and like weird shit that happens is like almost always the direct result of like him doing something bad in a way that often doesn't have like logical, make logical sense, but it makes like this weird kind of like moral sense. And then there's the version of the show, right? That's like the, I'm the one who knocks, like I'm the badass show. Mm. And like that version of the show, I think is really boring and kind of like shitty and kind of at the end in the finale, he, like, admits to his wife that he, like, mostly did all the mess stuff because he liked it and it was, like, fun for him. <laughs> there still sort of is this undercurrent of the show because he, he, like, wins. He, like, gets, he, like, like, tricks his family into accepting his money. He, like, by intimidating the, like, rich people that he used to work with, he, like, kills all the Nazis. He, like, gets his wife off the hook. So because like he gets the police to like decide that she wasn't involved in the crimes and like gives that gives her like whatever. And he just is like, you know, if you wanted to interpret it that way, you could be like at the end, maybe he like wasn't such a bad dad after all. And it's like, I, I don't know about that. Not a, good, not a great dad. Um, yeah, but that show just is so like, like Walter Jr. is such like a non-presence in a lot of it because. Jesse ends up becoming the like child surrogate for Walt um, that like he almost is more of a dad just by virtue of like ignoring his son. Like the fact that like it's still the case that like Walter Jr.'s main character trait is that he likes breakfast. That's like his main thing. He just like likes breakfast. What's with these sons and liking breakfast? The Fruit Loops thing too? They all just love to, I mean, you know, people like to eat in the morning. Yeah, that is something I associate with people. 
it's the most important meal. It's the most important meal of the day. I guess so. Yeah. I don't know what, what does any of that raise an equal? Like, I feel like I'm just kind of like summarizing a lot of what happens in the show. And I want no, that's interesting to say because, more interesting um, things about it. I've never seen Breaking Bad except for like the first two episodes where they dissolve some guy. Um, yes. So that happened. Um, but yeah, no, this, that seems to me to be more in the mold of the classic, like pushed you far thing. But um, like you say, one of the things that I think happens in that that kind of show is a lot of people respond to like the like identify with the character to the point of like, oh, what a cool badass. Um, which, which is so is, weird. Is weird, and I think also one of the sort of risks you take whenever you create that kind of character is like, yeah. uh, it's it is a lot of people are always going to read it that way. He he wears a pork pie hat. Like when has pork pie hat <laughs> ever been cool? I it's just wild but yeah that happens a lot it's like I don't know the like domestic side of that show I think is like interesting but to me feels ultimately less sketched out than I wish it had been um Mm -hmm. because yeah he just like is a bad father and like a bad husband um and like an extremely bad brother-in-law. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like. Uh, yeah, and it, it just sort of like his relationship with Jesse is really interesting, but like I don't know if that technically qualifies since he's like yeah, it qualifies. Um, uh, especially because Jesse's like actual parents like don't they like disown him. Um, after a while, because his younger brother is like smart and they don't want him to be like a bad influence on his brother. Uh, and this is like, kind of unrelated, but also extremely good, which is that at one point, Jesse like buys his parents' house for like almost no money by threatening them, uh, to like by threatening to tell other people trying to buy it that there used to be a meth lab in the basement. <laughs> Uh, so he buys it for like super cheap and then and his parents like don't know that he's the one who bought it and then he like shows up when they're moving out and just like is just like fuck y'all and like takes over the house and turns it into like a gross party den um but yeah like while it's just like not great as a dad he like they have all these things that I, i do think often are used earnestly in this kind of show and I think in Breaking Bad are used at least a little bit more ironically, mm-hmm. which is that like Walt fucking loves like dumb family bullshit. Like in the first episode, he they like talk about how there's this family tradition of him eating bacon and eggs on his birthday. And he like mm-hmm. makes the number that like symbolizes how old he is out of the bacon. <laughs> um, but like Skylar try- is like trying to get him to eat like turkey bacon or like tofu or some like you know not real bacon and Walter's like why can't I eat real bacon and Skylar's like because it's not healthy for you and they really play up a lot of that at least in the first couple seasons of her being this like very stereotypical like emasculating wife um, in a way that is like kind of boring um, mm. And that sort of is intended to, like, contribute to his decision to, like, be a cool math guy. And also that, like, his son clearly views the brother-in-law, like, his uncle, as being a much more masculine, like, father figure because he is, like, a DEA agent and, like, has guns. Mm-hmm. But he, too, will have guns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, Walt, Walt has guns. I mean, he has a machine gun at the end. He puts a machine—he makes 
Bobby. Oh, cool, man. Cool dog. And puts it in a trunk in the trunk of his car. It's like Mythbusters. Oh, cool. Wait, how is it like Mythbusters? It's just there's like this whole sequence of him like building this weird like robot arm in the desert. And, like, <laughs> it's, it's, like, uh-oh, like time to find out. I think actually Mythbusters literally might have done a breaking bad episode. And it's like time to find out whether or not this robot arm will shoot the machine gun. Uh, and he basically just like gets the keys to the, the his car and like has hooked up the machine gun to the trunk button, I think. And when he pushes it, the machine gun starts firing and like rotating on this arm back and forth. And it just like murders all of the Nazis um, oh while God. Walt is like on the floor with Jesse. <laughs> wow. so, and so he and then he dies after that. And it's like, don't say I never did anything for you because he he did. He does uh, sort of save Jesse by forcing him to be on the ground while this, uh, this, these, the murders happen. Hooray! Hooray! Well, from the meth lab to the boardroom. Oh, please. See how, see how I did that? Yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Mad Men. Yeah, this one I think is much more in like. I think, at least in the kind of like re like slight rewatching and like thinking things I've done, this one I think is the most interesting, just from like a purely dad perspective, because Don Draper, at, at the beginning of the show, is such a like stereotypical mid-century, like not super present professional dad, and then becomes such a good divorced dad. Not in the sense that he's a good dad, but that in that he's a very good example of like a seventies divorced dad. Um, so when the show starts, Don uh, and Betty have, I think, two children. When is Jean born? They have a third child, but he's like not really a presence. Um, they have two children. Uh, and yes, okay, yeah, they don't have a gene until season three, right? Uh, so Sally is like the most important. Well, actually, I'll talk about Bobby first because he's not that interesting. So Bobby is like the nothing son. Like the the kind of ma- a thread that connects a lot of these shows is that the antihero dad tends to have a much stronger connection with like the teenage daughter who is old enough to know what they're doing, and like huh. becomes the moral compass of the show because they're like a blossoming young woman with a moral compass. Uh, and then the son just is like perpetually forgotten, which is especially funny on Breaking Bad because there is no daughter, but the son is still forgotten. <laughs> like Jesse is like functionally the daughter uh, on, on Breaking Bad. But Bobby, um, like infamously, there were like four or five different actors who played Bobby over the course <laughs> of Mad Men. And just like nobody gave a shit, like because he just like is such a non-presence. Um, but Sally, they got very lucky. Like, Kiernan Shipka is a really good actress, and she really does manage to be one of the most important characters on the show, especially by the end, when, like, she is a genuinely good enough actress, and they have done enough writing, like, build-up, sort of, to have her serve as the, like, moral compass of the show. And so, mm. like... I was a lot more into this genre when Mad Men was airing its last season, admittedly, because I feel like everyone kind of had a hangover from it for a while afterward. See what I did there? 
Um, and also like, you know, it's like a little bit harder to take this kind of thing seriously. Now I just like was a lot more into it a few years ago, but just every time she showed up on screen in the last season, I like had to hold my breath a little bit because she's just so they do a really good job of like showing her slowly realizing how fucking garbage her parents are. Um, which includes like this, you know, it, it culminates in the scene in season seven. There's like a lot of other stuff, but it culminates in the scene in season seven where Don is like kind of hitting on one of her friends. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and there's like the scene where she's just like, Dad, like, she's 17, and Don is like, I didn't want her to be embarrassed. Your friend is a loose girl. And Sally just, like, gives him this death stare. And you just, like, she clearly has the moral authority over him, and, like, he knows it, and it's, like, really embarrassing for him. Um, Because she's, like, walked in on him, like, having all these affairs. I don't remember if she finds out about it, but he, like, had an affair with her teacher for a while um, (laughs) back in season three. And, like, you know, all the stuff that he does is just very typical. Like, he, you know, thinks that money can kind of, like, buy emotional connection. And so even after he and Betty get divorced and Betty gets remarried to this guy who you're, like, kind of supposed to dislike because he's, like, conservative and, like, works for Nixon, but also is just, like, a nice man and probably, like, the best paternal figure that any of these kids have, or, like, even parental figures. He's also a much better parent than Betty. Um, Don, like, gets Sally tickets to uh, see the Beatles, like, you know, see the Beatles, and Sally, like, freaks out, and she's like, oh, I got to see the Beatles, and Don's like, I'm a good dad, because I took my child to see the Beatles one time. Uh, and that's like his parenting style. It's just that like he's not around. And then anytime something comes up that feels like a situation that he like should quote unquote be involved in, he gets like really upset when people don't ask him to be present, even though he like doesn't want to be there the rest of the time. Um, and which like, I mean, I feels at least to me and I like I haven't had like a ton right? like I don't have like parents like that but it really feels much more like accurate to me as like a model of what this kind of like parent would look like where he just like goes off and does his own shit for however long and like begrudgingly hangs out with his kids every other weekend and then gets like furious when betty and her new husband make any decisions surrounding their lives that like without involving him because <laughs> he's just like uh-huh. they're my kids and it's like yeah dog but like you haven't seen them in six months um, which also kind of is the, the, um, like literally is kind of how their relationships end at the end of the show where like Betty has been diagnosed with, with cancer. Um, and Sally tells Don and he's like, I'm coming home. And like, you kids are going to live with me. And Sally's like, look, dude, like you gotta let the other two boys like live with Henry. Who's like Betty's husband. Um, and Don is like very upset about it because he's like I'm their father and Sally's just like look dog like you're being a child and like they need to have consistency in their lives and also like they would have very unpleasant like lives with you um, in a way that feels very like humbling and very like genuinely morally righteous in a way that a lot of 
stuff on Mad Men doesn't. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, and like I really, it's, it ends up being really effective, especially because the thing that I like about Mad Men, and I think the thing that makes it a little bit different from a lot of these other shows, is that the plot is like not especially high stakes because there's no murder. There's no murder. They're like kind of are crimes, but like not really, especially because everyone is like rich and white. And it's like the kind of crimes that like none of them are ever going to get. Right. It's just like, they just like smoke a lot of weed or whatever. Um, and so the show ultimately just is like people doing stuff. Um, and you get, a genuinely really good sense of how, you know, like a lot of the characters are in their different relationships um, and how Don kind of like, a, you know, a band like is just like doesn't really give a shit about his family and they like won't show up for a few episodes. And then there's like a whole episode where they have to like go to a kid's birthday party and Don just is like standing there like wasted in the middle of the day, just like fuck this. Um, and like that's his parenting style. Uh, and you you really get to see kind of a lot of those smaller moments in a way that like feels a lot harder to squeeze in when like it's like oh no we have to go to a children's birthday party but I have to go kill this guy oh no uh-huh. instead of instead of like the more realistic version where Don is like oh no we have to go to the children's birthday party but I want to fuck this like heroin addicted like addicted bohemian artist in the East Village oh no. And like, come on, we've all, we've all been there. Um, yeah. And, and that I think kind of like, yeah, you really get much more of a sense of like his non like parenting style. Like John's really is like a terrible parent. He's like the kind of parent who is pretty good. Like eventually maybe will be good at being like an adult friend to his children, but also has like irrevocably ruined their lives in ways that he is like only occasionally willing to take responsibility for. <laughs> but Sally Draper rules. Sally's like a ver- extremely good character and like super well acted. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting how these other shows are about very high stakes things. And then Mad Men, not so much, a little more uh, just, I mean, you don't, like you say, you don't really have, um, in Breaking Bad, you don't even have like the apparent need to be a dick for reasons of like protecting your family. Like Don Draper is just a, bad a bad man right yeah but that's, um, the thing is also he's not as much of a bad person as like obviously because it is to do murders he's like he doesn't a normal, do a murder but he's like a normal type of bad person which is like maybe even worse mm, yeah like, exactly. he just like he's like a very recognizable type of shitty dad he's like a very recognizable type of like shitty guy like kind of shitty dad who has these like occasional flashes of like, and kind of similar to Tony Soprano of like very childlike affection for things and people that he tries really hard to like, quote unquote protect, but like Mm. has no real awareness of like how to prioritize things or like what kinds of commitments he's supposed to have. Um, 
I mean, Don also has a lot of other like weirdly parental relationships, especially with Peggy, um, who kind of like in the first season of the show is his secretary. And then at the end of the first season, like surprise, like has a baby because she fucked uh, Vincent Carthizer. Speaking of uh, fictional dads and children, uh, grown up Connor from Angel. Uh, <laughs> and Don goes to her in the hospital. I think it's in the hospital. And there's this scene where he looks at her like very seriously. And this is like his big life advice. He, cause she puts the baby up for adoption and he says like, it will surprise you like how quickly or how much, I don't remember what the exact quote is, how much this never happened. Um, Damn dog. I want to get it exactly right. Yeah. He says it will shock you how much it never happened. Um, because Don's entire approach to life is to like run away from things when they get remotely complicated. And the thing about, I mean, like obviously now the thing about like a lot of capitalism is that like, if about, if you have money and like, are reasonably privileged like it doesn't happen like there's no there's never a sense that like peggy's baby will ever show up again on the show Mm. why would it she's effectively ignored it um and there's like all this other shit that he does that like he manages to effectively ignore because he can um and that sort of like she eventually, I mean, literally their relationship ends up becoming a like, I learned it by watching you. Like that's literally what their relationship is. Um, and kind of the, what a lot of people will say is the best episode of the show is largely about their relationship in this very intensely parental and like teaching professional way. Um, that literally ends with where they're like having this like dumb all night meeting and like, uh, like it ends with Peggy having this blow up where she just like, is like, you never say thank you. Cause like she has all these good ideas that like Don takes credit for. And then Don yells, that's what the money is for. And it's like, this is like the whole, <laughs> like that's like the show in a nutshell. Um, is that like, he, he like thinks that work his work and like the money that he has acquired and his like material success will essentially let him like buy his way past having to like be an emotionally present person in the lives of people around him, even his coworkers. I mean, obviously this coworker in particular, because they have a very intense relationship, but like everybody, um, again, in a way that I think like is a lot more recognizable than it is for like a lot of these other dads because like that absolutely is a parenting style that a lot of people have where they're just like I don't know if I like buy my kid like oh shit I'm gonna buy my kid this Nintendo Labo or whatever maybe that was a a bad slap but you know like what like by showering like physical things on your child like you don't have to like be emotionally present in their lives and like that absolutely is the the Don Draper like parenting style yeah 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 um so what do you think has this stuff like these shows are all i mean sopranos is like old as balls and breaking bad and Mad Men. we're talking they they wrapped up like a few years ago at this point um so do you see this stuff continuing or like are there new what are the trends in 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 dad shows um well, it's funny. So the Americans like literally just ended like a week ago. Um, 
which kind of, I think was the, like, there will continue to be shows, I think, and TV that tries to model this kind of familial relationship just because so much of the way, so much stuff that people make now is like people who have watched a couple of those shows and are like, I could do that, but like really don't understand what make those shows work and ends up being this like really superficial recreation of like a couple of kind of tropes um, in a way that is like extremely boring and weird. But I don't know. I think that it definitely like will, you'll see a lot less of stories about this kind of dad that are like, laudatory or like want you to think that that's like an interesting character trait i mean i'm there will still be some stuff um like the affair very much is like this like literally Mm -hmm. the affair in the newest season of the affair like the character who's played by the dude from the wire has like basically turned into california don draper but like (laughs) um but i think there will be less and less of it and i think that's probably because like as tv starts to make even like slightly more stories about other types of people like that fundamental story of like guy being a shitty dad while trying to provide for his family just becomes so obviously uninteresting Mm. um like if you think about like atlanta like technically um like Donald Glover's character on Atlanta is a dad. Like he has a child and there are like moments where the show kind of like manages to frame some of his actions and decisions as being about him trying to like provide for his child. And there are some like very Mm -hmm. funny scenes of like him and his, his like on again, off again girlfriend, who's also the mother of his child, like trying to parent, but it's not in this like portentous, like, son like i couldn't do right by you way um that i think is just so hard to take seriously outside of this like very very narrow context like i love Mm -hmm. a lot of these shows but i also do think that in a lot of ways it's kind of the equivalent of like a lot of like really big 20th century novels that are like look at this dude and they're like really flashy and like stylistically good and like well-written and like worth reading in a lot of ways but also there just is so much of it and at some point the kind of like main thematic kernel becomes so fucking uninteresting um like i the show that I think has like the best dads right now on TV is like unequivocally Riverdale, um, which very much does not take that approach to like being a dad. Like the Riverdale approach to being a dad is exemplified by a scene in which one of the characters sees a bunch of the dads and says, hot Riverdale dads to the rescue, even though one of the dads is his dad. And we did previously talk about Riverdale on this show. Um, that was like a couple months ago, I think, at this point. But um, yeah, that, yeah, that's that the like get into that. The like, well, we don't have to talk a ton about Riverdale, but just that that's like the like the dad wave. Yeah, like the dadness of it has become right. It's like a dad core. Like it has become mm. 
a story about the like kind of cultural archetype of the dad rather than a story that is like about this really interesting person who is a dad. Mm -hmm. Um, And like, I think that's much more interesting because I find that stuff a lot funnier. Like I would much rather watch like, this is a bad, like very random or like, I don't know. I I would rather watch something where like the dad is like, a goofy whatever dad who like maybe isn't the best dad but also it's just like that's not the main point of the show um because i just don't at least at the moment like i don't feel like i would get a lot out of like very intense storytelling about those relationships um which is part of why also i don't know have you have you talked about bojack on this show not much we haven't done an episode on it yet no um, I mean, this is a spoiler for the last season of BoJack, but like the thing that's interesting about it is just that they spend the whole season making you think that BoJack has like a secret daughter. Uh, and then at the end of the season, they're like, no, actually, like she is the daughter of like BoJack's father who like slept with their maid or whatever. Um, and the the season ends with this moment where uh bojack is like oh can i like do anything whatever for you and she's just like no like i already have a bunch of she has eight dads um Mm -hmm. she's being raised by eight dads who are in like a large poly dad relationship um which also like i want i want to watch a show about that uh (laughs) uh, and bojack is like oh right sorry and she's like oh but like i've never had a brother before and his like that relationship makes a lot more sense with him being like a garbage older brother who like gets her to do gross shit um, than it does as like a dad who does those things. So mm. I am much more interested in like what that looks like and being able to kind of like flatten that relationship without taking the concept of daddom as being so kind of like spiritually um, like profound in a way that like gives people obligations to be like, I have to do this thing for the family. Just like, who cares? Like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, um, yeah, I mean, that's, it sounds like we're, we're growing, we're learning things, we're evolving into new directions. And, that, hey, I, um, so. I, I mean, I just yeah. want, where's the, my two dads reboot. If we're going right. to, like, where's the, my two dads reboot. That's what I want. My two dads, but one of them is Alf. God, uh, my, uh, my two dads, but one of them is a horse. That too. My two dads, but my two dads, but one of them is blank. And just every episode is like a new animal. It's 2018. I mean, I think we're ready for it. It's 2018. Uh, A Mad Lib can be a dad. (laughs) A dad, a dad lib, if you will. Well, I think I have to end it there on that. (laughs) that note um but thank you so much for coming back on the show uh, and do you want to tell people what you're up to where they can they can find you online all that good stuff sure yeah um you can find uh my like tv criticism stuff these days mostly on lit hub and the outline um i am hopefully gonna finish writing a book soon about board games which is, I should have led with that as my, like, dad cred. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, he's writing a book about board games. He must know something about dads. Um, 
which will be out next year on the NYU Press. Um, and if you're in New York or a couple of other cities, once I finish the book, you will be able to come to uh, one of the Drunk Ed shows that is not called Drunk Ted Talks anymore. And uh, you can find out about those at drunkeducation.com. Cool. Well, thank you again so much. And yeah, I will talk to you later. Yep. Cool. Bye, kiddos. Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Me, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Say Me at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foiled Gear. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuy for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at dadfeelings and at staymeanco. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.